0: Welcome folks, you're listening to It's Getting Harder to Remember the 90s. My name is Scott Shifty McDonald, and I'm your host. Now, what's it like to hang out with someone that you grew up with in your formative years, say middle school, high school, and you both share the same drive and get into the same racket? Well, that person is your compadre, your ride or die, someone who understands you. And this one happens to be one of the baddest singers and baddest guitar players out there. She also as the first person to show me Metallica's Ride of Lightning. I sit down, we talk about her childhood and a musical family that drove her into being one of the badass shredders and front women for a band in Detroit in decades. Here's my interview with Rachel May. There we go. Well, you knew.
1: You had to
0: know. I don't even know what song. You don't play this anymore. It took me a minute to figure
1: out. You have that look. (laughs) I was trying to figure out what song it was.
0: You won't, because, well, you got to figure it out quick. I I can tell you so. (laughs) I like that look on your face right now. That's the, per- that's the perfect that look the of, run? it is.
1: Is it on the run?
0: It's on the run. Okay. You got there. Right now, today, guys, we're doing another one of these, and a friend of mine, far removed. Yeah. There's moments in times to where we were, our formative years were actually together. We'll get to that point. And
1: I think that's what makes it a lasting friendship, is that it was the formative years that we spent time together.
0: Not in those real ugly, right in the
1: (laughs) 90s. Well, we all had our own agenda in the 90s. Everyone
0: was moving towards a certain direction, so we we do get to that. So I am here with Rachel May. Rachel May is, and was, is? Is. We'll call it is. I thought a phenomenal singer and the singer-guitarist, a phenomenal guitarist for the band Broadzilla. That's correct. Various other acts, actually. Well, I'm going to let you go through that.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> no, honestly, I mean there were there are acts in town. There are actually national acts and different things that you you played with and worked for. Yeah, through the 90s into the 2000s. Yep. We're going to start it right there. So, where were you born? Detroit,
1: Hutzel Hospital, right behind the Magic Stick.
0: Really? <laughs> it's a sign right
1: of, sign of things to come.
0: <laughs> right. There, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Uh, so Hutzel Hospital. F- family was from down downtown.
1: Yeah, Detroit. Oh, kind of. Yeah, Detroit, basically. Yeah. A okay. little um, kind of Armenian Lebanese community on the southwest side of Detroit.
0: Okay. Yeah that that's definitely it so and then we raised over that way and then moved out to the suburbs
1: um I was raised in Hamtramck primarily so I was Hamtramck public school system until um I went to school with you in St. Clair Shores
0: there it is and I was <laughs> actually I was raised over at City Airport in Gratiot and Gratiot I itself. read that
1: and I had once lived over near that area too I went to school one year in that area at like uh Gratiot and I guess by City Airport,
0: yeah. Yeah, it would be Otter Drive. Or Otter Drive
1: and Gratiot, that's what I was looking for. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Gooddale Elementary.
0: I went to school right across the street. <laughs> I went to St. David's.
1: Yeah, my fourth grade year, Gooddale Elementary.
0: I was, I was kicked out of fourth grade. See, we were, we were following each other around the city. <laughs> well, it, well if, okay, so if we're at the same age in that, I was at, I was across the street from you at St. David's. And okay. Gooddale was yep. across the street from yep. that, almost bef- right on Otter Drive, Outer right Drive, before yeah. you get to Gratiot. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looked like it was kind of a glass front, mm-hmm. almost Yellow, like South Lake Brick where we Building. Went. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was at the church across the street. In fact,
1: I think our choir sang it there for like a Christmas thing or something or another. Sure, you we guys came did. There. Yeah. No,
0: there, <laughs> that's now. This is unraveling into. A, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're crossing too many paths all at once at this point. I okay. So at that point, I met you in high school. That's right.
1: But okay. I don't remember like when. Or you where, know this was the class it
0: was, the, a class. This, it was a, the, so this is the this was the point of it. there was they had it wasn't marching band or, or orchestra band, but they had a thing called band or jazz band okay. or something huh And they let us into a room with like a drum set and guitar and, uh-huh. and guitar and all we did was fuck around and listen to music on a jam box that you brought in. Uh,
1: that does sound about right that and like I remember being in ten- detention with Sean Allen.
0: Well, and,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you too, I think, at some point. I got
0: one. Yeah, um, my other detentions, I was tossed out of school completely. I got caught smoking a joint during the. Well, it wasn't even just one joint. I was smoking a lot of joints the in the cafeteria oh. during the snowball dance. Oh. Or what? Well, no, my mom was there. She had to come pick me up, and I had the audacity to go through. And when I was getting picked up and getting yelled at by my mom, I'm like, so just drop me off at the Nights Inn. She's like, what the hell are you talking about, you fucking idiot? She's like, here's something i got to tell you. When you're driving around smoking a joint, you don't just hold it up in the air. You hide it from the cops. That was, that was <laughs> That's my... That's good advice, Mom. That was great advice. Great advice. That felt like the 80s. That was the 80s. That was the 80s. Yes. We, we met in that in that class, and this is the only thing I remember. And after that, it goes vague. Uh-huh. We, we do have a... Yeah. We're not going to even try to... Th- discern if I was at the Bon Jovi concert or not yeah, at the bon Jovi I, I know for sure
1: Sean Allen was, but I don't know if you if you were. I've and seen Sean that. Allen, of course, you were in a band with. I was connecting the dots
0: here. Yep. So it would it would make sense, but I think it was Chris Heaton and Sean. <laughs> took you and Marie or Could've blah been. blah blah. Yeah. We sat down and you put in Ride the Lightning. Mm-hmm. That sounds and, about right. And I had never heard Metallica mm-hmm. before. I'd seen the in, in like Cream magazine, I think it was, or you know, the various mm-hmm. magazines I'd seen. Kill 'em all's cover mm-hmm. from Metal Blade, and it was about the same time as My War. Mm-hmm. For, for some reason, they had those ads in that in those magazines yep. then, and that would be late '80 80, or '87, '86, '87. Uh huh. And I was like, "This chick's pretty cool." I'm like, "This shit's pretty dope. This isn't Van Halen, but it's cool. <laughs> right. I'm pretty cool with this." <laughs> so at that point, I was enamored at the fact that you were a girl. Was tougher than anybody.
1: Well, I mean, I think that that's street level. Growing up in Hamtramck, it's kind of hard not not to be, you know. And growing up in music and discover, like you know, who helped me discover metal music in Hamtramck was Tony Hamera. If you know him from Temper Mill Studios. Yeah, 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 I yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. Tony was in a band called Fatal, which was like a real heavy... Tony was? Yeah, Tony Hamera was. Really? And um, him and I used to share, like, he was the first one that made me mixtapes of, like, you know, Slayer and Creator and Sacrifice and all these, you know, extreme... Well, at that point, we are kind of extreme metal bands. That's what led me onto it. So when I came to Sinclair Shores, you know, that kind of music came with me. And that's we all we all came get something
0: from, from a gatekeeper. Right. I, I'd
1: said it was like Yeah, was, I always say was, Tony was my gatekeeper for sure. Like he was the yeah, first there's a one to make maker.
0: me or someone was like Yeah, check this shit right. out. Right. And, like, and, and, and and but there when and there's certain ones that are just like, is super this, super cool. Cool. Are like this is super cool. Or someone sort are like This is evil. (laughs) (laughs) You really want to make your parents mad or make someone freak out. We're going to. That's right. Well, like you said,
1: you know, we're listening to Van Halen, Motley Crue, you know, the things that were given to us on the radio. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the the more you want to absorb and be a part of it, you start getting mixtapes in the 80s. That's how you did it. And I started getting that and feeling like, oh, there's more out there than just Van Halen. Like there's heavier music than Van Halen. And that happened to be like Metallica and Slayer and. Megadeth
0: and, you know, that That's whole right. era that, of Here and, and this is a aside but within, did you ever get one of those metal blade like cassettes or any of the like did he ever have like the Metallica like the bootleg, you know what I mean, before stuff came out?
1: Um, some of that I did, but maybe like I I know I had some bootleg uh Molly Cruz stuff, like some of their re- early, early stuff before mm-hmm they never record like that song even before stick
0: through your guns and yeah all like that.
1: Black Widow there was a song called and it's like it's just older stuff that had never really been really you, you'll find it out there if you google it now it's, yeah, yeah. it's out there but yeah I had kind of unreleased underground stuff for sure so that know. was I, and,
0: I, I mean we, we I, I thought I was a dork back then anyways but I'm like oh dude that's pretty cool. Watch, and it wasn't just like you know, it wasn't just because it wasn't like Marlboro's and like a goodie comb in your sock. It was like, that, that's 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 pretty cool no, stuff. No, I was
1: legit going to shows and stuff back then. I remember coming to school with like autographs on my body from the night before and like people were just looking at me like this chick's nuts and I'm like well I'm just I was just getting immersed in music you know and and back then you could go as a teenager you could go to Blondie's shout out to Roosevelt for letting us in when we were not old enough really to be able to get in but I saw a lot of shows I think I at think a young that- age.
0: Well, I think, anyways, that scene of it, even though it's, it seems lecherous to us now, we're saying that they would let underage people in and all that stuff. People around that scene, 99% of them would take care of everybody, anyways. There wasn't, there was a camaraderie. Once you, if you were going to Blondie's at 16. Yep. Metal band or metal people or Roosevelt or everyone there, I, and I was knowing Rosie, uh-huh. they, they would not let anyone do something bizarre to you. No, no, but I mean,
1: you do see a lot of stuff. You know, you're you see, exposed you see. to a lot of stuff at a young age. <laughs> you're like, whoa! Yeah. I didn't I know this went on.
0: <laughs> I think we were all exposed to a lot of stuff at a young age from back then. All those things being said, is that what you, is that somehow all all combined made you want to be a part of that, and then make you want to be a musician?
1: yeah I mean, I think like I knew from a young age I wanted to be a singer or a musician. I mean, that's just something that was around my family. My dad was a musician, so he'd take me to like sound checks and things like that. my Uncle was signed to Motown, so there was like an era of of that in my life, and a lot of Motown music even as a kid. So I've always kind of toted this line between like metal and Motown. Oh yeah, well
0: well, that's almost Detroit. I think there's an element of there was a it's a greasy pot of everything. It it really is.
1: It really is. And so I've always been kind of open minded to certain music. I've never been one, you know, kind of one trick pony with that. But um, so that was part of it. And then uh, metal magazines, you know, back in those days, we would pick up circus and metal edge and mm-hmm. all that. And the imagery, you know, was like, you know, and, and like the, how we all talk about what we used to do with the albums, you know, sit there oh, yeah, and, look, sit at there the and look at the album and just, and you know, I would absorb that like in in just a capacity of like, I couldn't wait to see myself in in that. Form. Being there. Yes. Yeah, so then it was like, a, then I was focused, you know, and so first time being in talent shows, I'm, I'm up there, you know, and you know I'm gonna, about I'm that. that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a pass on this one. <laughs> I'm going
0: I'm to squeeze it back because in my head, I remember all white bodysuit involved in your outfit that day.
1: Ah. Uh... Maybe I, I did two performances. If no, this goes back to the whole thing I was saying, metal in, in, in Motown. I think I did a Whitney Houston song yes. and probably wore, like, a white dress. Yeah. And then I did a Pat Benatar song and wore, like, spandex. and How like for children? I think it was a song called I'm Gonna Follow You.
0: Okay. I know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was that one. I was one. raised by my mom. Yeah, was okay, there like you go. Maybe, yeah. My mom's maybe 16 years younger than me. Yeah. So what was your next step from high school?
1: Um, Well, my dad, being an experienced musician and having kind of at some point went down the wrong road, would not let me have my own band until I graduated high school. I was I would have started one sooner. That was my only desire. You know, I wanted a guitar and he did get me a guitar and things like that. But he wanted me to get an education first. So graduated. Mm hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i just barely made it in because of the weed thing (laughs) and and
1: that summer you know i i had a band and you know by i think january i was playing live shows and that's right. so yeah i mean just like how you guys kind of had the same you were in the band in high school now i i was restricted from that but that was the same fire couldn't wait to it,
0: it it gets in your soul, yeah. It's it and look, you you laid it out, and I think I labored the point, but it, it comes, it's true to all of us, and it's got to be true to everyone who does something. To me though, what sports guys like, like a dude's like, <laughs> oh man, look at that guy playing baseball. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think it feels so, but that's us because that's what spoke to us in our soul. It's like it, so, it feels so much cooler to look at a guy play a guitar or someone play drums or be in a band, but. God bless anyone who wants to do well, whatever they do. Well, that's the
1: thing, do. the guy that, you know, is playing sports is probably thinking, you know, the same in an opposite way. It's like they they understand the baseball bat more than they do the guitar, you know, so.
0: Yeah, good for them. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I just wasn't, you know, that's what motivated me was music. and
0: I call it a divinical calling. Yeah. Or, and or mental <laughs> mental, yeah, mental illness. illness. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you start to shim away all these things in life. You, did you ever feel like you had, like. In the high school, then going into a band, did you ever feel, once you started that band, you had blinders on, like the, a bomb could go off over oh, yeah, as there long was as you ton- got, to, th- we got to go to yeah. rehearsal and we got to get a
1: gig. It was tunnel vision. It was just like, this was the path I was on, and as fast as I could get to the, you know, to the end was kind of the only goal. And you're right, whatever was happening on the sidelines... I mean, they're like,
0: we're getting kicked out. I don't care. Okay, we'll move someplace else. We got a gig next week.
1: It wasn't until I was like in my 40s when I realized that like my friends were all like married and their kids were graduating high school and all this stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait, how old am I? It was (laughs) like, what am I doing? Oh, that's right. You know, like I dedicated and devoted my life to the art of rock and roll. And that was it.
0: I, would you have had it another way?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, now sometimes I wish, like, maybe I would have thought about some other things along the way, but I wouldn't change it for anything. No, my experience has been great.
0: I don't know what I would have wanted to do, and I think I would. I think my soul would be eating at me right now, like, if, yeah, if I still had that. Because I'll listen to a song, music, things constantly every minute of the day. And somehow I've stayed, and you have too. At m- most of the time, stayed music adjacent as far as working all the way through, all the way through life to yep. a certain point. Yeah, I mean, there was a point you you did work for the Free Press yep. for a while. Yeah, almost twenty years.
1: Uh, no, just the Free Press. Free Press, almost twenty okay. years. Yeah,
0: and that was involved. That was
1: all side by side with you know trying to get Brad off the ground.
0: Yeah, it, I I believe I feel if you got to a point where you put a record out, did a bunch of shows accomplished enough things did some touring mm-hmm. and you guys did touring yeah at, at a point I remember when I had stopped doing stuff and went in the oh, just more abduction side mm-hmm. production. you guys were going to England you guys yeah were, there was points where you were playing with who
1: Oh, over uh well like we
0: did a tour with Skid Row you know um you know I mean these are the things where you see them as kid at, at, yeah when you're younger yeah and then you're like next enough. thing you know
1: you're you're on the road sharing a bus with them you know <laughs> you're like how does this happen you know
0: and I actually like Sebastian Bach a lot. I do, too. The times I've met him, oh, multiple times doing like things in Vegas, things in wherever, through other work that I don't talk about, he has always been a cheerleader, a go-getter, and a good guy. Yeah. Don't stay out late with him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, see, that I wouldn't know. I, I love the music that was put out with, with Sebastian, but you know, I also have respect for the band you know after, especially their, their new album. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's pretty killer.
0: I see what I see, and it's always this cat fighting with this cat and that's Yeah, there's that been just, some that of that, just, yeah.
1: That aside, though, musically speaking, the new album is killer.
0: I like it. I like it. So I have to almost blame you, I think. So you brought this point up when we were talking mm-hmm. about doing this. Mm-hmm. In in like little introductory like podcast episodes that I did, I would explain that once I got to... There was a drive before. I'm putting a band together. But once I got to that point of playing that one show... At St. Andrew's Hall instead mm-hmm. of going to prom. Mm-hmm. That was it. You couldn't have, I mean, I, I could have, I could have. they were like, here's, here's a scholarship to Harvard, Be make millions of dollars. But once it happened, I couldn't remember how I got there. Mm-hmm. You say, mm-hmm. I know it was Perry yep. was working there, but mm-hmm. I can't say, I couldn't say how and why he would have. Mm-hmm. Why, Rachel? <laughs> well, <laughs> I had followed
1: Perry uh, for a couple years in his band called Rated R. They were like okay, an so 80s I, glam rock band, whatever. I was
0: calling it Sassy Cat. Uh, a different he? band.
1: Totally okay. different it band. It wasn't him at all? No. Mm mm. No, they were called Rated R. I'm sorry, R. That, Perry. It's all right. I'm really, really <laughs> sorry.
0: Not to say that the guys in Sassy Cat weren't probably fantastic fellows.
1: Right. They, and they were great too. Yeah, Sassy Cat was a good. They were more of a 90s era. This was kind of late 80s for Rated R. Three piece band. I do remember him playing. Danny Graham, Christian Minor, and Oh Perry wait, LeVoyne. and then did he
0: didn't he play guitar in Brotherhood? R- I r- think he r- Brotherhood Recipe. Piece. Maybe yeah. he
1: did. Yeah, but this was strictly at that point in time when we were still I in high school. It was Rated, Rated r. r, and I would I would follow them and go to their shows, and we became friends. In fact, I think I told you a couple of the guys from the band came to our to South Lake High School to our talent show yep. specifically to see me. So I had that connection. Perry worked at St. Andrew's Hall. I knew you guys were looking for a show or something like that, and so I put you in touch with Perry. And then it turns out, of course, the one show he decides to give you happens to be prom huh. night. Hey. So what are we gonna do? So some of us go to prom while you guys are down at St. Andrew's Hall, and then we leave prom and go to St. Andrew's Hall to see you. But you had to miss prom.
0: Oh. Yeah. Right. Bummer. I didn't care at all. No, I, didn't. No, I, I, well, I think the person's heart I broke the most was Rachel Schmigel. Yeah. She then. Stole Danny Aubrey's ID, dyed her hair black, and we snuck her in.
1: Oh, that night, okay. Yeah, good deal.
0: I didn't mind that look either. Yeah, it's a good look. It was a yeah. pretty good look for a child.
1: Yep, her brother was a, a my
0: Plan B that night when I when I got so. We have co- <laughs> okay. We're coming to this. Po- <laughs> we're coming to this point of it, and then I do want to go back into. I want to go back into. Just a couple different things yeah. with, with with what you'd done. But, okay, so you, you dropped a teaser at me also, too, when we were talking about things leading into this, that you had a prom date that night. I did,
1: yeah. Uh, a prom date that I had also met the same time I met the Rated R guys. Local guitar player guy.
0: I already know.
1: Yeah, local guitar player guy. Uh, met him one night at an LA Guns concert at the Harbor Theater. I got a strange feeling he's really <laughs> in the news again. I think he is in the news again lately. In fact, he never goes away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were, uh, you know, a group of us girls were all going to prom together. He was my date and we sent messages. We were calling, you know, calling around that day saying, hey, you know, we got. Our ride's coming to pick us up. We'll be in Grosse Point to pick you up in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and he decided at that point he didn't want to go.
0: <laughs> he might have had a really uh, morally important uh, Candyland gig.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, Pepperland. Oh, was it Pepperland? It was called Pe- 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 Pepperland?
0: Pepperland. I
1: think it was Pepperland. Was it Pepperland? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're he's. absolutely right. You, you're on to him. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know who we're talking about.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, he didn't have a gig or anything. It, it was actually kind of a lame excuse, but and he couldn't be.
0: He, I know he's only a year older than us because I'd I'd mulled around with John. Yeah, I Labrack think he's only and, like a year older. And, and, and he I know JT Harding and them. Yeah. And yeah. Them, the The Point crew. That those guys that ran around the. Mm-hmm. They they had made a pact. That like if one of them makes it, one of them's going. And yep. John made it, so this will make you feel better. He didn't take the other ones right away. No. He's out for himself. Yeah. He seems to do this to a lot of folks.
1: Um, I've heard that I'm not the only one. He stood up at a major important event.
0: I've heard he's not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave right there. We're, I think and you and know. We, I we think did, we know the same, same person, story and, and the same and person. Do, yes, and I, and I would even think it was a whole life event of things <laughs> that happened to one person we know. So I'm going to leave it right there. So you guys go through. You get... At the first band you get was, was, it is it Broadzilla?
1: No, um, the first band was an all-female metal band called Rapunzel. I remember Rapunzel. Yeah, yeah. So our first show that I played with that, they were already kind of an existing band with a different singer, and she left and I kind of came in. First show for me personally was at Blondie's, naturally. Yeah. That's kind of the, the That's way, way it went. Yep. And so, yeah, I did Rapunzel for a while, did some other bands in between. And then um, when I s- started Broadzilla in the mid-'90s, 96, 90, summer of 95, I think, somewhere around there, Angie from Rapunzel, mm-hmm. we called into to yeah. So, okay. so her and I have kind of been. Yeah, from, from that it's point. been her yeah. and I for a long, long time.
0: And then there was uh, there was other bass players before. There was, there yeah. was a girl. Uh, there was someone before, and then there was Melody before.
1: Uh, yeah, there was a couple different people in the band. Like you know, we first before got, Kim. Yeah, before even before Angie, there was a different drummer. And you know, I was just trying to get another all-female band all off through. the ground. Yeah, and you know, it's like. This is before internet really that it's so you know you're trying to find people you just and, well,
0: someone goes I know this I know this person right, who, plays, and then, who plays drums and you're like okay come try right, out right and
1: then after a while you're like yeah this I need a better drummer you know
0: right it was always steam forward ahead wasn't it it was No matter what was going on, you're like, okay, well, we do have this drummer. We can get through this. And then after four rehearsals, you're like, and then at one gig, you're like, what the hell's going on back there?
1: That's right. And so, yeah, there's been a few different, that we at one point we experimented with having a second guitar player a couple different times. There's been a few different girls in the band. Same thing, a couple different bass players, a couple different drummers, but we finally settled on, you know, kind of me, Angie, and Kim. That's where the chemistry was.
0: I like that band. Thank you. I ran sound for you guys many a time at Alvin's and different Mm -hmm. spots and. There was just it. It made sense because you could shine. I'm not blowing smoke because you're sitting here in my broom closet talking, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the past. But no, I thought it, I thought it let like, you shine as a guitar player. You can shred. Thank you. It just it, if if there's a Les Paul Goldtop to be had or less Paul, I've I've said it in the past. to Other different musicians and people that I work with in bands, and and I'm they're like. She's too good.
1: Well, I don't know about that, because I, I've played with Ma- Maxine
0: Petrucci, and she's amazing. That's another, that's another so one, it's one like, I thought of, too. And, and, you know, yeah, keep me the, on my toes. I know, so you know. A, The whole Madame X thing, and they were a band from from, earlier, the 80s, from the 80s. From right. 80s, from Detroit-ish. Yeah, right, Detroit, and that, right? that was a
1: little intimidating for me, even being a seasoned guitar player, to to you know learn her material and sit beside her and play guitar with her. I was like... Well, all right, I guess I'm not that
0: bad. So how you get there then is you we, you, you you put blinders on. Yeah, you it's play, like full you play, speed you ahead. You, you just play,
1: play, 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 and uh, and and you stay humble. That's how you get there. You never yeah. cop an attitude. You
0: never you no, know and, think you're and, better than anybody well, or you you're cat around behind everybody. We all did that in the scene of stuff. I mean, but you have I,
1: confidence, I, but you can't. But I firmly believe that the strong connections that you make are because you stay. Kind
0: of level-headed. I would think so. I think you would feel the same way. Albeit, I was scared of the beer whores. I'd go see the beer whores. Yeah. Someone from Brightmoor weirds me out. I'd still go. I'd be looked down upon like That's a jerkhead. That's the
1: whole head. scene we came up with because the original bands were come all from, all from the punk, punk scene. Would
0: be from that punk yeah. scene over that yeah. way. Yeah.
1: So, so how did that feel
0: there? Was it was it a family?
1: Yeah, and that was kind of a good way even to launch the band because, you know, I was just starting to play. The only reason I started playing guitar was because, like, I couldn't find a guitar player to do what was in my head, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just, give me that thing and let me try to pluck this out, you know? And so in that stage, you know, I was three-chord, punk rock that's what you do when you're starting right yes and so um so yeah for me i fit right in and you know my bass player was from the punk scene michelle that was we played with the beer horse and pbe and feisties and that was our whole scene when broadzilla first started but I'm kind of a rock metal chick, you know, yeah, that never well, yeah, that so never goes said, away, right?
0: You've, you've said it. It's it's ingrained in your from And that from was youth, that so was always, always my, my vision, out. right.
1: Yep. And so and that's kind of what helped me shape the band. I needed a heavier drummer, I got Angie because she could play metal and mm-hmm. And, you know, rock and stuff. So yeah, it just kind of molded from the punk scene into kind of the rock scene. But
0: we're older. I don't want to put us as old. You're a young lady. I'm a bit older. It took us just having that incubation of my cousin had brought it up. Todd had brought it up. We had to go Physically you go had to and find meet it. someone to yeah. find it. Yeah. You had to find it in hand at a record store. Someone had to give yep. it to you. You had to find a person. A person yeah. You talked about you.
1: Car City. I mean, how I can't tell you how many records I bought at Car City. Well, back we're in the over day. that way. I mean, right. Yeah. We, yeah. Run and right record through. time on Ten Mile. You talked about that in one of your podcasts. It
0: was. It though you had to find that spot, and I think each side of town had one of those things. It was, yeah. Do you remember consigning CDs and mm-hmm. records? <laughs> oh. The <laughs> you get all your money together back then, so you, you would actually self-produce a whole thing, a physical thing. These kids today got it so damn easy; oh. so they could just put it together like they could. We could have recorded a record right now, just put it out in forty-two seconds. As long as we yep. could go through and find a thumbnail, <laughs> right. and Put it on there and like, hey guys, we would physically have to call up or find like Archer Pressing or find a place in Canada right. that would do like the CDs for X amount of money and find all that stuff. Physically get them, then go consign the damn thing. See, and this is
1: exactly, if we're off on a tangent, why I think the music scene is too watered down now is because it's too easy. And it used to be if you wanted a guitar, you saved your money for one. It was expensive. You really had to want that guitar and save your money and buy your amp and find your place, like you said, find your archer pressing and find your studio. And like there was so much work that went into it that you had to really, really want it. And now it's so accessible and so easy that... People are just like, oh, it's a hundred bucks for a guitar and I can write a song in 30 seconds.
0: I'm a musician. Well, Are you really? I, I want to be a crabby old man half the time, uh, like screaming at, <laughs> cl- <laughs> <laughs> screaming at clouds. I'm like, get off my lawn. You know, like, ever seen an old man screaming at a kid online? Or, You're dumb. But uh, it's definitely watered down. It is. It wasn't watered down before, though, too, but there was at least, he didn't have to go see him. <laughs> Or No, it.
1: and you know, I, you <laughs> talked about this before, like the scene back in the 90s and stuff. There was just something, there was something really cool about what was happening in Detroit in the kind of the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, mid 90s, that whole bit.
0: I think we all were good.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of really good music. There was excitement to go see live music every weekend. A lot of great bands in the, that came out of the city, a lot of great clubs to go to, you know, and... Uh, I just I don't feel that anymore, and I I see
0: I see it I see it, look, my cousins a little bit older and they play and he's getting out of that but I've seen it with younger guys and younger bands and younger people that I meet and, and there's still there there's still those like zoots like places that are like beep, beep 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 thing in a corner and in the cast corridor or, or right. like this or that. We right. would, you could go see a band almost every day of the week, starting when I was about yeah. sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. You could find a night, and you could, mm-hmm. and, and then through all the way through the nineties into the two thousands. Yeah. I mean, there was champions of it too. There was, like you said, on that side of town, it was Roosevelt. Shit. At a later date, there was Mike Mayanis holding down everything coming out of the late nineties, early two mm-hmm. thousands, basically at Alvin's. There was paychecks, of course. Yeah. There was lilies. There was
1: all those places. Foundry, could, the, the impound, fu- the foundry, and the <laughs> impound. You could skip,
0: and all got, Well, that's where I cut. I cut teeth. I know. I cut teeth at paychecks, but somehow we found that. I mean, we got it to a point to where there was a national act. Say, it would be like. It would be like. Well, it wasn't even national acts yet. There'd be, there would be A and R people at the impound on Harper yeah. and. Wherever the hell we were living. That was a
1: legit thing though. Back then, when you played, you you didn't know who was going to be in the crowd because A and R was still a thing. And there were there were reps that would show up randomly, and so I remember that thought crossing my mind a few times. It's like how. You, how important it was to make sure nothing went wrong because somebody could be watching. Now it's like, you don't want to, anything to go wrong because everyone's got their cell phones out. So no, you can't, you're under a
0: microscope. You definitely don't want, to, I, I, I watch stuff and someone's like, Oh, this, whoever, let's say it's post Malone or something. I've mm-hmm. seen online He's like, he fell over because of this or that. I'm like, how many times I've seen someone... You know how many times I've fallen over? But I, I, it was more fabled. Thankfully, then. there's no video of my fall. Where'd you fall?
1: <laughs> a bottle rocket in Toledo, Ohio. You know, I used to wear those huge... I know huge, rock. yeah, yeah. Those huge platform rock. shoes yeah, yeah. all the time and... I mean, I played hundreds of shows in those shoes and never fall, but, you know, it only takes one time. and It only takes seven drinks in one time <laughs> <laughs> and a slick floor in Toledo. I was down. I got right back up and, you know, kept playing, but uh, guitar in hand and everything, I was, I was down. But thankfully, there's no video. <laughs> okay, so
0: I'll make you feel better. I-, I fell down through my drum set while playing. Because I thought we were done because I was on acid somewhere, and I forget where it was. I got done, and I, it was a pretty quick set as far as I remember, <laughs> but it wasn't. And we were about two songs in, and I thought we were done, so I, and I didn't think my drum set was there. So I decided to walk through For, it. I, I feel like I was at that show. <laughs> yes. I, I
1: swear I feel like I was at that show.
0: Remember when, like, Horse did a residency at a certain bar, or someone would do, like, you, they would play every... Yeah. Every Tuesday
1: or weekends, two nights in a row, at a certain in clubs. Row. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like that part, I, but I don't, I don't want to go into like back and forth on on internet and things like that. I do believe it waters it down.
1: It does. I mean, there's advantages of it too. You know, sometimes I think like, oh man, if we would had the internet when we were coming up, you know, look at all the things we could have done. So you know, there is there is it, advantages yeah. to it, but
0: I don't think it would have let us have that much that much drive to go at it. We're almost technologically. Void at a certain point unless you went to greasy's and found a song like a <laughs> found a sound city head because your shit blew up and he right. tried to talk you into a batwing fucking epiphone he's or, still or, doing or, that yeah, well that's, i love greasy but we would have to actually do it it was a tactile thing
1: yeah you had
0: to, and we had to get in a room you knew when a band wasn't that great after a while you're like well they're good Mm-hmm. and then you're slowly like there would be a you know they're everyone's friend and everyone's show and then slowly you're like yeah guys man I don't think we can put you on this. you ever have the
1: moment where like I used to go and see certain people play and I'd be like oh my god they're so good they're so good and then like one day I'm watching them play and I'm like oh, I could do that. I'm like oh yeah I'm no. that I'm I can I'm that good right. You I know, was enamored with
0: everyone from every all the uh, like the the Crosswear Boys, Beer and the Penguin, every I, almost even everyone, Rain Dance, everyone, everyone, Second Self, I'm like, I can never be like that. And then one time I seen Second Self play at like a rectory thing in 88 and in, in The Hold or somebody with Eric Miller. Yeah. Uh-huh. We get to that. Okay. Yeah. I got segues, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I seen Eric Miller and The Hold with like Hobie Eklund and these people and all them play. And I went. Oh, we can do that. Right. I mean, they're not bad. They're good. Right. But, you but you realize at some point that, like, even you're, wa- that. you're watching them play, and you're going, "Yeah, I know how to
1: do that." I'm, you know, that's
0: the epiphany that keeps you going. Now, that's the sickness or illness, or or the reward.
1: It's a little bit of all of it because I it's still it's not good enough. You know, you still.
0: Well, you want more. You always, want more and more. Always. And I thought, I thought, all I got to do is play, play, play. At some point, like you said, we'll we'll, we'll put stuff out. We'll keep going. We'll just tour and. I don't think we ever thought, we're going to be superstars, but we're going to get a deal, or we're going to get on a record company, even an indie record company, and we're going to play and do this. Yeah. At a certain point, it all got, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just, you, you know. You get
0: older, you get to that point where you see others go, and you start to think, how long am I going to do this in this van?
1: That and money, you know? Exactly. Just like, you know we always kind of funded everything ourselves. So I always say I have $22,000 of really great stories to tell, but that's, you know,
0: that's pretty much <laughs> I've it. Got, I've, got, I've got about $60,000, $70,000 of really great stories. Right. Past that, then right. I stayed in, and I got about a million bucks worth of really fun, fun stories. Right. And then, you know, 401K is looking a little peaked, yeah, but you know. I, I'm, I wouldn't trade it. No, me either. So we're, we're, we're getting to a point to where, There was another band, and there's a couple people, at least, I need to know. Mm -hmm. You were in Nova Driver. That's right. Who sang in Nova Driver when you were in it?
1: Marky. Marky Anarchy.
0: I love Mark to death, and I hate Mark. Well, I don't hate Mark anymore.
1: No, Mark's done some things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love him. Oh, I love you. He's I done dear some I, things. I, I, but I dearly love you. He would be the first to admit it. We me and him of we and him spent formative years past that doing another job. Um he's he and he kept going as a musician and making yeah. money professionally in that. And me and him used to joke when we were at the, at our best points, and we were ninety-nine point best friends for the whole run of it, but leading into it was weird and and he yeah. he, he could get you at moments.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so, I've had experiences with Mark, but Mark was great, like, you know, he was kind of like my little road buddy when we would travel with oh, Nova he, Driver and he, he's stuff. he's fantastic
0: was, when you need someone to be hilarious, yeah. on point, or go do something, he'd yeah. be there for you. Now, I'll leave it at that, because I love you, Mark, and <laughs> I don't want that phone call. I don't want that phone call. Yeah. No.
1: I, I personally love my time in Nova Driver, though, and I think... For selfish reasons, like in Broadzilla, I've always been the front person, the singer, the guitar player, you know, kind of the manager, the everything. And in Nova Driver, I just got to play guitar and just be. And that, to me, was like, at that point, too, it was the break I needed from Broadzilla. It was just sort of like I could just focus on my guitar and stand there and play and not, I mean, I sing some backups and stuff, but, you know, I had a front person. I didn't have to do all that, and that was really freeing and exciting and rewarding for me. Plus, I loved all the tunes, and so, you know.
0: It was a great, it was a great a good, experience. I, I, yeah, It was, it was- they're all fantastic. People are like, they're almost runs or this or that. I'm like, I don't I'm, I don't look at it that way anymore. I look at it as there are points in times where that shit was amazing. Yeah. There's point in times where it's super satisfying. Now, there's a person or two probably that still has that nagging thing that they wanted more out of something. Well, shit, didn't we all want more? Yeah, out but of something? I mean,
1: I, you know, Nova Driver did a lot of really cool stuff. So, you guys did you great know, stuff. You know, fun stuff. I'm,
0: I don't, th- I don't think there's any moment to regret anything. And, Mark, I do love you. I mean, you tried.
1: Shout out to Miller, too. Great drummer.
0: Great drummer. Jealous of him. Yeah. There great. was a moment where I seen him. This, this is when I realized in the whole day. I'm like, well, maybe I can do this, too. He was playing all rototoms, kind of set up like the guy from In Uh-huh. And I was like, that's pretty cool. He was a better drummer than me. And then I was like, but I think I can probably get close to that. Yeah,
1: no, Miller was great. Great pocket.
0: So let's leave it on this. Okay. You have the story that is the first time there was music where? Live show.
1: My, the first time I ever saw a live band? No. The first time there was ever a live
0: show at
1: what venue?
0: With the Happy Death Men being the first oh, band.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. That was uh, that was at the Magic Stick, the first time that the Magic Stick decided to do live music. Um, of course, it was upstairs as, as it is now, except for the if you come to the top of the stairs everything to the right were the stages and the big open area and the pool tables that wasn't built out yet so it was only everything from sort of the bar in the, the bathrooms to, to the bathroom left turn. yes that was it and the first band or i don't know if they were the first but they were the only band one of the only bands on that night maybe there was three bands on that night i don't remember who else was on the bill but happy death men were one of the bands on the bill that night it was the first night that they had live music and it was happy death men which were some of the Guys from Walk on Water and Nova Driver.
0: Yep, so it would be it would be Billy Reedy mm-hmm. who's gone on still does great things. Yep. Still doing great things, playing with, with Grinder.
1: Yeah, I think he's still with Grinder.
0: Yep. But they're doing shows again. Mm-hmm. And then Mark.
1: Uh Yeah. He's my little Armenian brother from another mother, but I can't David. remember his last no, name no, right no. now. No, no, it's it's fine. an Armenian F- last name F- though.
0: F- yes, I we will <laughs> fill it in with there. who else was who's that bass player that John. John, I like mm-hmm. John. Yeah. I went to the Deathman House once, which oh, I've been Deathman House two times. <laughs> I, spent, <too. laughs> I, spent, I, spent, I spent a I spent a year one weekend at the Deathman House I was going to say House I'm pretty John. sure
1: I spent a night under the sink in the bathroom, and then I oh, was funny, there so oh, what.
0: So what we're going to do is this. So what are you up to right now? Is it anything musically that you want to say? It doesn't matter.
1: Um. Well, you know, Broadzilla is still, a, still a thing when it needs to be. You know, yeah. so we've never really broken that band up. Um, I sing in a like a metal tribute band called Um Denim and Leather, a tribute to heavy metal. So it's all like classic heavy metal priest made and stuff like that. Great. Doing a cover band, you know, the kind of that kind of stuff. No, it's cool. Yeah,
0: that's wonderful. I, I like I said, I st- I, I was asked by a friend actually yesterday to do something, and I was like right i know right? when <laughs> right. there was a moment where i wanted to be i don't know i was blamed for being too businessy or too wanting to be on top of and control of stuff in the past and then i like being i like being on the other side of it i like sound i like touring yeah once i got out of touring i still like being involved on that side of it mm-hmm. i don't have to carry around a drum set
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I just don't, I, I still like performing, you know, I still do a blues band. I do it all, and I love it all. I just don't approach it with the same, like... No, uh, I gotta get lot. here, gotta well, get well, there, gotta do this. Gotta, well, you know, it's like I enjoy it more you, now. Yes, you actually
0: yeah. can. You can soak it in and enjoy mm-hmm. it because it was a sickness that we had.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say so. In, in some capacity, it was. You know, it was just like a a, a, a fantastic insatiable sickness. drive. A, 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 there
0: you go. It was insatiable, unsatiable. Right. Not, yeah, like
1: you couldn't, couldn't satisfy your, your, hunger your hunger for the for drive, actually going yes.
0: and doing it, getting it. Right. I I loved every second of every dumb thing that you had to do. Oh yeah, you too. I even liked the argument.
1: All of it. Sleeping on couches, oh, floors, so you many know, floors, showering so at KOAs when you're touring, you know, like, oh, just, <laughs> just there's a moment whatever. me and Joe have
0: to talk about. We, we slept at a campsite has big block. It was like, stand by me. We were in a river. We got leeches. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we camped. Yeah. We ate uh, one trout that Nick caught for us one night because we didn't get enough money from the club before. And yep. We ate it off a of a frisbee after we cooked it over a bunch of ripped up paper bags.
1: We used to call them the PBJ couch coutures. It's oh, like, yeah. that's, you're eating PB and J's your and you're sleeping on
0: couches. And would you trade it for anything? I I, 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 we can say this in in retrospect, but I wouldn't have stopped. There, there are people that I knew that stopped. They went. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have. Tra-
1: I mean, I was glad to graduate to you know an RV and better sleeping quarters and mm-hmm. hotels and stuff as mm-hmm. the bands got more successful. But, but no, I think that's what makes you a musician and it makes you a real musician because I, 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 guess I'm hard, hard ass when it comes to that stuff because like you know playing playing the token and playing you know freddy's is not touring
0: we, yeah. we've made it this far we've done what we needed to do i guess yeah if you, know. you saw the other side of an ocean because of what you did musically from when you were a kid in ham or in detroit yeah. and listening to stuff and putting your nose down i believe you can say whatever you want now we're being nice
1: yeah but you know i mean okay so you've done it right you've you've gotten off a plane for your first time in another country at the hand of music, right? Mm -hmm. The first time you stand there and breathe that air, there's something comes over you where you're just like, I cannot, I can't believe that I got, I got here. Like if nothing else, I got here.
0: That's all. That's, that's what I always say. People are always like, didn't you, well, you didn't make it or this. I'm like, what was making it? I made it there. or I did this. or I, You know, I played here and I, 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 I literally took myself from sitting around Sinclair Shores yeah. to everywhere that I wanted to go that's around right. the world.
1: That's right. Because of music.
0: Because of music. Right. And I that
1: and that's a great feeling. And then but the but the difference is like I was saying earlier, when we come back home from that tour, and I might be gone for three months or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you come home. I still have to go back to work. I'm still mm-hmm. I'm still Rachel from the free press. I yeah. still am earning a forty hour a week paycheck. Yeah. Like I never made it outside of that. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to consider that, you know, some kind of I don't. I, you I know. And, and
0: I'm not I'm not just being nice about stuff. I, I believe that. I don't think if you started this thing when you were fifteen, this love of music and listening to things and then and then everything that came through your family and it got into your soul and you were like you're fourteen, you're like you know what I'd like to be? I'd like to make about, yeah three hundred seventy-five grand a year. Pay, pay a business manager. Go through. You know what I mean? None of us thought like that no. then. We wanted Mm-mm. to, we wanted to get, we wanted to get out of the the weird squareness that was around us. Mm-hmm. We wanted to play music the way we wanted to play it. We wanted to be with these weirdos mm-hmm. and become a weirdo, mm-hmm. or maybe we were weird. All of the above. Right. And we did it.
1: Yeah, and that, that is something you point out too that it is. I feel like musicians are a different breed. Like, I, you know, I don't play well with others in terms of like outside of the musician world. Like it's hard to make friends with people who don't understand the world that you live in. And I, I, and I am in my own world sometimes. And music is my own world.
0: That's cool. And that's why we're that's why we went to that. And yeah, then It's an identity thing, I think, you know.
1: I needed it. Yeah, I did too, you know. I, I, you know,
0: not to lay down on the couch here, I, I might not have loved myself, but I really, really put on a facade, and once <laughs> I got enough nuts to actually feel that I did something and started to feel accomplished, right? it made me a new person.
1: Yeah, that's right. It absolutely does. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Music's good for the soul in every way, listening to it, performing it, absorbing it. I mean, music is therapy. Music as far as I'm concerned.
0: It soothes the
1: savage beats.
0: Mm -hmm. And or makes us insane. And I think
1: you talked about it on one of your podcasts too, about like listening to a song can take you back to a certain moment Mm -hmm. in time. And that to me is powerful.
0: You know, like it's amazing if you can make someone remember one song that you had uh and it meant something to them that you wrote just coming out of your head and playing. If it was just one person, but it's been multiple people that we've done this with. Right. It's fucking cool. No,
1: it is. It is.
0: All right, so what I'll do is we're going to say goodbye on this one. Okay. We're trying to keep them tighter. Okay. I probably won't edit much because we had a nice, fun talk. It's been too long since I've seen you. (laughs) Very long. I don't think I had any more really embarrassing things. There was, I mean... Mm-mm. I still think it was like a white bodysuit that you were wearing when you sang uh, "Children are the Future" by, a, at the at the talent show. And I think it was a white. I'm, I'm
1: gonna guess it was a white dress. Let's
0: keep, Let's keep it at a white dress. I think dress. it was a tight white dress, but it was a white dress nonetheless. You know, I'm, a, I'm a teenage <laughs> boy. <laughs> everything. It was the 80s. Everything Well, no, it wasn't. I could hope things were tight in the 80s. I mean, at the at. It was the land of big, big leather, weird belts and huge sweaters. I've been
1: sent home from school more than once for something I was wearing. Yeah, so. <laughs> I like that. So,
0: Rachel Mae, he was so Rachel may the baddest guitar player, baddest singer there was around town. A friend of mine, or at least someone that I grew up with, but we are friends. Yes. And I'm gonna go through. I'll post where you're playing, or, or you yeah. know, just kind of what you're doing, and we'll do a link of stuff. And I can't thank you enough. Of course. Thank you. You have a lovely Friday evening. Thank you. you Want to go see a band? Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Let's
1: get the jam rag out.
0: (laughs) Rachel, it's great to see you again. Me too. You know what? I'm glad you made it through all this.
1: Me too, because it it is getting harder to remember the 90s. (laughs) I
0: can barely remember yesterday. Love you. There it is, folks. Rachel May, one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. Heavy Shredder, one of the best vocalists I've seen from the 90s, 2000s, still to today. Go out and see her in denim and leather, um, doing covers anywhere else she's playing. It's getting around the holiday times so it's always that itch, so you never know if you're gonna see a Broadzilla reunion show somewhere. So look her up now. I'm gonna keep doing this hope you enjoyed today that was fantastic and please listen like enjoy share tell others and it's really getting harder to remember these things but it's getting easier with these friends so you guys enjoy